ages passed in a world called Spanth. The land was ripped asunder and the ocean turned black in a cataclysm called the Marring. Boros survived, a land of long-lost magic, mythic beasts, and meddling gods. It is here we follow a tale, a tale of heroes, heroes we call... of Dragon Town. Welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. An original Dungeons and Dragons adventure where everything's made up and the points don't matter. I am your host and game master, Drew Carey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi, Drew. Uh, hi, hi there. Uh, hi, guys. How's it going? <laughs> uh, Cleveland and, Rocks. Um, Cleveland Rocks. And to the video box to my left, we have... Whiskers. Donatello. Whiskers. Rodri Wilder Swiftheads. I don't even know who I am anymore. Galvin Aurelis. <laughs> Excellent. I'm amazed no one went for Ryan Styles or Colin Mockery. I'm 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 uh, <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, sorry. It's okay, it's okay. There's always <clears throat> next time when I do the Who's Line intro. Jared, please hit us with the recap. Last time on Incubator. The battle with the Hierophant Orion and his giant creature covered in eyeballs called the Seer Rage Dog. Some highlights. Whiskers jumped onto the Seer, then jumped down onto Orion 60 feet below, crushing Orion and himself. It was not graceful. Crobin did a cool flip from the Orrery, which is also a super cool word, to help Whiskers with Orion, who appears to be connected to the Lord of the Black Coin, the psycho who sent all those baddies after Pan and the gang. At the very least, Orion is the one who put Black Goo in Amerigo Meow Meow and controlled him, which is sad because he's definitely getting tortured for no reason at this very moment by the Blackberries. <laughs> but I digress. Gallivan twinned his bolts. You heard it right. That's double the beams of Lumen's power that blasted into the stupid Hierophant. Rondri crawled around a bit. Through the mayhem, the quest boys prevailed and cornered the Hierophant in front of a giant stained glass window. Whiskers saw his opportunity and with a little help from the Oracle, kicked the Hierophant out the window to plummet to his death. The last... Whiskers saw of Orion, his eyes were rolling back in his head. Then, the Sia began to change. Its eyes turned inky black and sprouted from its body on stalks. Tentacles shot forth from the abomination. What could cause this change? As if to answer, the familiar voice of Orion burst from the Seeker's Seer's beak. Did you miss me? Now this is true power. But you guys are stupid, sniveling cowards. The seer then took to the sky and headed straight for the innocent town of Goat's Gate. Will the Hierophant destroy Goat's Gate and all the people who call it home? Or can the boys do what they claim to be? And that is Heroes. Find out now. <laughs> I love this, like, Legend of Korra-esque recap. Yes, yes, that's just yeah. what I was thinking. I was like, very Legend of Korra. Boys do what they claim to be, and that is heroes. That is... That's good, good writing. Beautiful. Very nice, Jared. Very beautiful. nice. That's very just good writing right there. That's just good writing. <laughs> if I do say so myself. That's just good writing. I don't got it. Just don't call it <laughs> Now... We did level up in between last time oh, and wow. this time. Wow. Wow. We all got sweet dreadlocks. Every, so <laughs> so you, we're not going to describe how your level up manifests. We're going to save that for the epilogue. But those of you who do need to roll, we're going to play America's roll, favorite roll, game show for your, your life. Let's do more. Let's get it clean. Roll for your life. It's gonna be it's not gonna be clean. <laughs> it's not gonna be clean. But when are we? Each of us ever. saying "roll for your life" once, clean individually, and we'll then layer it. it all Put together. It together. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yes, yes, yes. Roll for your life. Can we do it in the round where like roll in four, and then roll happens on four? Yeah. Asking to do another thing where we have to coordinate through timing. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Oh, that's true. Uh, that was a joke. We <laughs> can just yeah. do it all on the same time. <laughs> David raises oh, yeah. a great Let's point. Use, I got an idea. Everyone go to time.gov. <laughs> no, no, no. We are not doing this again. Who's going to roll for their life today? I am. I am. But, well, is anybody else? I have a caveat, but 
I'll get to okay. it. Okay. It doesn't Who seem like anybody else life? is. Nope. Morrison's scratching his head. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm <laughs> such a not a coward. Here's here's what happened. I'm I'm uh, I'm visiting home. I'm in New York, and I brought all my recording shit, and I forgot to bring dice. Mm-hmm. So I have two options. Either because I want to make this legit. Either Jared with the hot hands can roll my D8 for me, <sighs> or I can do a screen share of a D&D dice roller so everyone can see. Because I know I've had hot hands on this, and I don't want any question about just how high my health is going to be after tonight. You're saying Jared's hands are hotter than mine? Wow. I mean, you I'm don't saying roll, Jared's so. hands are brave enough to roll for his own life, so I'm going to allow him to also... Oh, oh, Morrison, right. if you roll Shots. for your own life, I would trust Fire. you to roll for mine as well. I already did not roll for my life. I yeah. just took the the average plus one. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to attack you, but yeah, I need those brave hands. Yeah, I got you. I feel you. I feel well, you. Yeah, why don't I roll for myself you. first, and then you can see how hot I am and whether or not you want me okay. to roll for you. I like this. I like this. I like this. All right, so here I go. I got a six. <laughs> I got a six, which is I needed to get a six or higher, and I did, and that's awesome. On a D10. On a D10. All right, that's good. That's, that's good. above Av. Yeah. That's what you'd get if you took the, the thing. Yep. Yes, but he rolled it. So it means more. Sure. It does. Well, <laughs> Ooh, that's um, good. Jared, I feel like you're warming up. How do you feel? I feel, feel great, like- dude. I feel fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll. A, you're a D8, right? Jared is authorized to to roll my D8. I'm just, no, but I want to give it like <laughs> a, a test. Like, yeah, I'm going to test it too. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I'm we're all going to roll a D8. Jared, oh Jared's face looks really bad right now. <laughs> I, feel, I feel a little bad. I rolled a three. Okay. All right. I deserve I that. Okay, we'll take David's. <laughs> yeah, well, we won't. No, it's okay. It's okay. I've done very well so far. Sorry, You've done so dude. well. You I knew I didn't. Actually, not. Time, right? It's I okay. Didn't it's want my that fault. Pressure. I shouldn't have left my dice at home. I got it. What Morrison rolled? Oh, it was a four. Oh, okay. I still not rolled bad. the worst. Yeah. Damn it. Okay, now Jared should feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why I wanted to know. <laughs> you know what you should feel? Horny. Cold. Oh. Because of this storm and this cold night surrounds all of you, blowing Uh. in as a strong gust (laughs) whips through the shattered glass of the stained glass window you stand before, Whiskers. Because having just kicked a short time ago, no less than 30 seconds ago, the Hierophant Orion went out that window thanks to your dropkick, and then shortly after, disappeared in a new form. A horrible, squidly eyeball form that, yes, looks a lot like a beholder. Let's just say it. But oh, I didn't think that. But yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's it's similar to that. Yes, it is different oh. in that it is tar black with sticky skin, tentacles, and and some eyeballs on stalks. Uh. And it had like a horrible squid beak with teeth, but you know it was vaguely spherical, like a beholder. I'll say that. Ah, uh. yeah, God, it's horrible, lumpy abomination. You all stare around at the room you stand in, which has now gone silent save for the Gale <laughs> buffing through Who's the glass. She? Gale? You remember Gale, the monk? Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Boom. But you all stand in this orrery with these these slow bronze things turning above you as it goes up and up and up and up above you. You hear the sounds of combat kind of dying down in the other room and the oracle stands amongst you and I did want to retcon I remembered here I said that the oracle did prayer of healing prayer of healing has a casting time of like 10 minutes or something so just for all you rules nerds out there I didn't Mm. do prayer of healing I did mass cure wounds so I did that one instead you're welcome for bringing that up to James yeah thank you for bringing that up uh... and saving me from the trolls Morrison (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) because boy would we have gotten a tweet at least one tweet about that somebody would have definitely been like um Oracle would not have had time to do that. (laughs) You all stand in this room with these columns, this grand circular room, about 90 feet diameter, the mezzanine on the second floor, the first floor flooded with this salty brackish water. Whiskers stands on the stage and before the stained glass window and the orrery floats above you, rotating ever majestically at a glacial pace. Were you raised in a barn? Close the window. Uh, it's broken. I, I know. Oh, oh, I got it. And then I run First up with my two little lodestones and I start to cast mending on the window. Oh. <laughs> or, sorry, I crawl up. Yes, that's right. Rivondry is slowly crawling towards... Oh, yeah, if you, yeah, if you pick him up, 
you bring your lodestones over and the stained glass. I think mending requires both pieces, but I think as you do this, bits of glass start like floating up and sealing up over this. They form this giant kind of all-seeing eyeball form, and you slowly start to restore that. It's going to take a while if you want to fully do that, but the Oracle just watches with a, a calm, cool smile on his face. Well, while he's fixing that, I'll stretch out my leg and walk over to the Oracle. Birdman, you're okay. You're alive. Yes. As you can see, I, I've i made it. <laughs> we are glad for this. <laughs> we thought you were gone. Thought we Last we you. saw you, you were facing off on against dire foes. Yes, I was in quite a state back then. But with a little help, I made it through. And I have come out the other side stronger, you see. I have, well, to be fully honest, I didn't make it that night. But then I was brought back most generously. This story, it sounds familiar. Yes, it does. I did indeed have a divine benefactor, and I will I will tell you the story of how it all came to pass. But for now, they've just finished up rounding up the other ne'er-do-well monks in the other room. I think we should rejoin them, and then figure out how to get you all down to Goat's Gate. Yes, we must save the innocent people of the town. Can we just blow the ocarina again? Call that big bird? The oracle stares at you and he goes, Hmm, well, I could let the spire folk tell you, but they're just finishing up now. It'll be approximately 24 seconds before they show up. So I will just tell you that the guardian, Kairos, he will not come. Once he has answered the call... He will not do so again for some time, several days or so. I see. Bummer. And at that point, Burga Fleetfeet, Prophet Virgil, and Augur Corvida come in through the top of the mezzanine. Were you timing that? Because I was counting and that was 24 seconds. Was it really? I was just doing it in my head. Jack Bauer. Hell yeah. Jack Bauer, 24, our favorite number on the show. They burst into the room and Corvida, Augur Corvida stares down at you all and she goes, All right. We've neutralized any monks that were misled by Orion or whoever he was. He was but, some big black goo eye stock thing. Disgusting. Can I ask you a question? Where's Penn right now? Do we know? Mm. Uh, Berga Fleetfeet is, I believe, the last person who was handed Penn. Um, and okay. she runs into the room. She is holding Penn in her arms. Berga, nice work, as per usual. Yeah, I'll uh, touch Penn's forehead and see how she's doing. She is warm to the touch. She's her breathing is shallow, but she is still conscious. She is just very unconscious. She's alive, everyone. She's not conscious. <laughs> she's not. I guess she's not conscious in a way. <laughs> she's, she's very unconscious, but she is alive. <laughs> and Berga looks up at you and she goes, "Yeah, anything I can do to make up for." what I've done. You know, I'm going to try and make recompense as much as I can. You don't need to make up for anything, Burger. Just keep an eye on Penn while we go save Goatsgate. Yes, sometimes we are unwitting pawns of the gods and there is nothing we can do but accept this burden. Yeah, you know, we might have been pawns. Who knows? You know, who's to say? Well, did we just hand everything over to the fates? Well, hold on, Rondry, come on. (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, I guess you all can relate a little bit, huh? How do we get down to town? How do we make our way down there? <laughs> uh, you're just lobbing that one in. Yeah, point. that was uh, that was an alley oop. It's been a while. So make our way it's down been a while. <laughs> Walking oh fast, faces will pass, and then we'll be home, bound. <laughs> By the way, Groven, <sighs> I noticed you were having some trouble back there. You kept clutching at your body, at a certain part of your body. I don't know it, what you mean. I'm as if in anguish. No, totally fine. Definitely no problems here. Okay, then. We'll just move on. Yeah! Ah! See, you're doing it! That, what? I don't know what's going on. I know you have something going on, Groban. If you allow me, I can help you. You've done enough already, Crowman. Okay. Ow! Ah, somebody! (laughs) Oh, see, you're really... I'm afraid I must insist. If you insist. (laughs) 
I do. I do insist. <laughs> and the oracle will come up to you. And I deserve the... your help, though. Ah, oh, I know, I know. It's okay. You've already thrown your life away once for me. No, no, you've put your life at risk many times, Crobin, and you will many more. And he looks mm. you deep in the eye, and you fall deep into his eyes, and these white crows begin to circle around you, these white crows that came in with him, and they land on your shoulders, and he... Where is that scar, Crobin? It's on my face, isn't it? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, I think I got hit in the face by one of those gargoyles. Hmm. With his clock right across my eye. That's right. It was like a big, jagged, gnarly or scar. Face, cheek, head. The oracle, Birdman, <laughs> holds his hand up big scar. and gently tr- kind of traces a finger along it. And as he does, you can just see out of your peripherals this white light kind of beaming forth as he traces this line. And this white line kind of flares for a moment and then dies down. <sighs> and the scar's pain diminishes, and then fades, and then is gone. Thank you, Oracle. Of course. Now, we need to figure out how to get you all down to Goat's Gate. Any ideas, anybody? Um, and everybody looks around at each other. Does anybody portal? Can, can you portal us there? Everyone shakes their heads. Maybe we should just sprint down there. Yeah, that's, I don't know if that's a good idea. If only... No, it, it, it would never work. What's up, Corvida? Well, there is there is a rope that yes. used to belong to a pulley system well, that would allow a cage to be pulled up and down the mountain from right, the base of the mountain up to the spire. How a pulley works? Why yes, but the cage was removed. The cage was removed long ago, so just the rope remains. If only you had something you could throw over the rope, you could maybe slide down it all the way to the base of the mountain but uh, we don't have anything like that around here no oh well yes we're fucked well so our friend Rondry here is quite clever at contraptions and such perhaps yeah, you I can could, think of something I could probably build a cage really quick in, in my inventory it says cloak special cloak so maybe I could throw that over wait you've got a garrote don't you we could use the garrote yeah but a garrote cuts through things and we don't want to be cutting yeah, through this dangerous. rope Mm, yes. Couldn't I just use my sword? The, if only uh, somebody uh, had uh, something uh, else. Oh, nunchucks! I have nunchucks! <laughs> <laughs> and I hold up my my nunchucks in the air, victoriously. What on earth are those? And I swing them around a bit. Not very well, because I don't know how to use them. It's like a clumsy flip, 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 flip. They're called sticks things. No, I, I guess I know the name. <laughs> my size, maybe? Like, hook them over together and then hang on to two, like... Oh, like this. Yeah, I that's... this fucking dope-looking crossed arm motion where I'm, like, holding these sides, and you can just picture a, a fucking taut rope sliding down the middle of it. Yeah, that's mm. fucking cool. One, I think that looks very cool. Two, I think that there, there's a chance that could work. Maybe if some of you could hold on to these other guys, you guys can just ride all the way down. Completely. <laughs> I am not... I... Ranji, can you not make us something that will <laughs> be more suited so for dubious. this? Galvin, I trusted you when we jumped off that top of the elevator shaft. Now it's your yes, turn to trust me, you, baby. You, you, you floated down like a, a soft feather. Right, and you close your eyes. You'll be at the bottom of the mountain, I guarantee it. Uh, I, yes, in one way or the other. It's true. That's exactly right. Unless, Ranji, you can think of something. Yeah, I have a really good idea, and I put the winged boots on, and I just fly down. Yeah, Rondry, you put the winged <laughs> boots on. Well, you've I, you've been wearing them because they were already on you, but at at that moment, you do feel the winged boots kind of respond as you start to think about flying, and then the little wings that were kind of pressed into the side they stretch and like float gracefully out to the side, and then they give a little like snitch, like. <laughs> Like a hummingbird. Yeah, and oh, I just cool. piece out of there. And I go, see if that is something. <laughs> Rondry just <laughs> flies out, <laughs> leaving you all behind. See you guys down there. Yep, Rondry just flies off, flies out of the room. So as I see Rondry fly off, I'll just look at him, and then I'll turn and put my hand on Galvin's shoulder, and I'll be like, all right, buddy, looks like you're coming with me. And I put his arms around me, and I put the nunchucks no, on the hey, line. Excuse me. 
and I yeah. wait. You're you're still in the room. You got to run to the, the the zip line first. So you guys do that. Yeah, you guys. I, I put, the zip yeah, line. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you guys you yeah, guys chase after Rondre. Well, there's a few things that are gonna happen first. You guys chase yeah. after Rondre out of that circular room through the other circular room. You pass the monks. Uh, you see a lot of the monks that have been defeated by Augur Corvida and Berga Fleet Feet. We loot all of them. Yeah, yeah. You get two thousand seven hundred gold. And let me roll a couple <laughs> times on the magic item chart H. No. I fly back in. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, where's Rondry for this? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sorry, man. You're you right. left. No, you, you guys pass by these monk bodies, and you all see black-robed figures littering the floor like dead rats, a sentiment which strikes you as vaguely familiar. And you all pass out into the... Uh, you don't pass out. You make it into the inner courtyards, the Abbey of Scant Mutterings, and then Augur Corvida leads you over to a spot in between the two unused spires where there is indeed like a cliff clearing, and it looks like there is even like a um, walkway that kind of it doesn't connect with the front area that you guys came through, the main spire that you guys came through, but it connects the, the back two spires. It kind of goes around uh, the top of the mountain lap like that, and she leads you to this okay. one cliff that kind of juts out and that has a rope, a single rope that it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet. This rope just goes at a maybe a 45 degree decline down the mountain. Whoa. All the way down. Whoa. And supposedly, you guys can't see where it ends, but Corvida points off and he goes, yes, that's right. Huh. Down there, it um, lets you off at the base of the mountain and it should just be a short run to goat skate from there. Wait, before you go, let me give you all something. A very powerful blessing that will bring out the stuff of heroes in you and assure your victory against Orion. And he will come up to each of you and he will tap you on the head with uh, two fingers outstretched. As he touches each of you going down the line, there will be a, a sparkle and some white light that kind of goes down your body. And you feel a tingle, but as of right now, you notice no discernible effect. And the oracle just kind of steps back, smiling and looking and nodding at all of you and just, yes, oh yes, you'll be sure to win now. I can feel it. Thanks, Birdman. Of course. Corvida, we'll see both of you soon. Yes, try not to die. And also, try not to let anyone down there die, if you can. Well, I don't know if we can guarantee that. I mean, people are going to die regardless of what we do. It's just a natural. And more will die life, the longer you take, little come, one. Come down here, Rondru. We can't hear you. <laughs> um, oh, right. You know what? I think it might be better if we take Pen with us. You think? We can trust Berger. Seems stupid to leave her up here when we have no way of getting back in. Oracle says, I will send my birds with you. And when you are ready to return, they can assist with that. Well, why don't they send us down Now is not the, the time, little one! <laughs> <laughs> he waves his hands in the air dramatically. <laughs> trust me, okay, you I'm will gonna... see. All will be revealed. I trust you, Oracle, more than anything. And I grab Galvin, put his arms around me, and I sh- swing down with the nunchucks. It looks like this is the only way we have to go! <laughs> As I hear them zipping away, I'm just going to make eye contact with Penn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait for some confirmation from Great. Her. You see no eye contact. Her eyes are shut. She is unconscious. <laughs> so you're going to be waiting a while. <laughs> Gods be damned. And I'm going to jump on the line with the fling size, stick them back in crossways, and zip on down. Yeah, baby. Gods be damned. That's my new catchphrase. I love it. Whiskers. That is. You throw your nunchuck over the rope. Dang. You wrap your arm as tight around Galvin as you can, clutching him to you. He clutches to you, and you whisk off down this rope. Rondry flying alongside you. Crobin quickly behind. Sighs lashed together in some sort of crude lock over the rope as you all begin to experience a whirlwind zipline experience all the way down the Twin Talon Mountains. You fly. Uh, The Oracle's crows quickly catch up to you. There's a whole flock of them, uh, a murder, if you will, flying next to you, uh, kind of doing spins around all of you, cawing madly as the wind (laughs) whips in all of your faces as, as you pick up more and more speed the faster and faster you go. Your nunchuck inside kind of dragging along the length of this old rope as you uh, (laughs) pick up speed more and more, whipping, whipping down the mountain, when suddenly there is a loud, resounding, cracking sound from behind you, from the Twin Talon Mountains. Oh, really? Yes. And you all take a glance over your shoulder, 
and you see the third and final spire on the other peak, the other mountain peak, the mountain peak that has the Spire of Violent Destinies. That third spire is shattered in half by some tremendous force and comes smashing to the ground, completely annihilating whatever was left of the Spire of Violent Destinies. They will have to rename these mountains. Good riddance. (sighs) Baba Bougie. You all continue to... I recommend the shattered spires. You all continue to fly. The hail and the rain that was whipping and beating you in your face, stinging against your skin, suddenly changes. Actually, changes as you get about halfway down the mountain. Not so suddenly, more gradually, I take it back, and it turns into a soft powdery snow that falls heavily on you, whipping around you all in flurries, soaking you and freezing you to the bone, uh, as now a snowfall kind of descends over all of you. And there is still tremendously wild, inclement weather happening as you glance back at the mountain behind you. Purple lightning shooting through the sky, novas of green energy flooding the clouds. And as you all can finally barely see the base of the mountain, just ahead of you. You're maybe a mere hundred feet from it. You all hear another cracking sound, a loud whiplash as the rope that you guys had just been riding over snaps. And you all are, the snap is behind you. So you all are kind of whipped forward. Uh, Everybody... So we're 100 feet up? You're, so? you're about 100 feet away from, diagonally, from the bottom of the mountain, yes. Rondri, you, you are fine, Rondri. Can I try to save anybody? Can I try to grab anybody? Let's hold off on that bridge until we come to it. Okay. I need an acrobatics check from Whiskers and Crobin. <laughs> Can I try to help Whiskers? No need, Bubba. No need. I guess there's no need. I was going to say yes, but... Acrobatic or athletics? Acrobatics. 21. 22. Okay. Even with Galavan clinging to you, you're able to kind of shift your weight and both of you kind of, kind of ride the zip line all the way down where the rope just barely gives right as you are about 10, 15 feet off the ground. And the three of you kind of tumble to the ground, not taking any damage. And Rondri alights on the ground beside you. And through all the limbs and stuff, I can see Galavan's face and I'm like, see, buddy. Perfect. <laughs> Let's not do that again, please. It's a short distance from here to Goat's Gate. You're just going to have to truck it if you want to get there. I'm going to sprint, and you'll notice, if you're watching closely, that I'm much faster than you remember. Because of his new dreadlocks. Yeah. <laughs> my, my dreadlocks are swinging wildly through the air. It's Chevin with massive dreadlocks. They're tied up in, like, little plaid ribbons, and he is sprinting 40 feet for a normal, what would have been 30. Whoa. <laughs> wow, them dreads. Yeah, dude. Them dreads. Whiskers is also going to sprint, baby. He's going to make sure everyone's okay, and then he's just going to take off. Absolutely. Oh, well. Say, you guys probably take the lead. Hell yeah. yeah I will Hell follow. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> I crawl. <laughs> Oh, I, I could. I'm not gonna fly, Rodri. <laughs> Why did you stop flying? Uh, well, I feel like I only have a certain limited amount of time to use these. And, uh, yes, and now is a great time to keep using it because we're trying to get to a place still. Uh, we're all yelling this against the wind, which is great. And I'm gonna yell also when we get close, let me get a shot off before he sees us. You got it, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Whiskers, are you going to help me? I'll pick you up and put you on my back. Sprint back. (laughs) Yeah, I'll sprint back, pick you up, put you on my back, and then sprint back. (sighs) Yeah, absolutely. You all beat feet as hard as you can towards Goat's Gate. And a short while later, you are there in the main gates of Goat's Gate. And the gates are shut. And there is one guard, one lone guard, who's not really paying attention. He's looking at something off in the distance that's happening. And he's kind of just like staring off. But you can barely see him from like the 20 feet down below where you guys are. Guard, ring the alarm. What? The city will be under attack. Ring the alarm. Ring the alarm? I'm not going to ring the alarm. No! <laughs> you better be joking, friend. <laughs> Crobin is scanning the skies looking for the beaked mm-hmm. eye creature. Yes. There is, no there sign is of evil it. coming. Yeah, all right, all right. Come back later. We're in the middle of a show right now. He just looks up. You may know me as... Justice Guanatello Whiskers, but I am actually Justice Donatello Whiskers, and I am telling you that there is a creature coming that is going to destroy the town if you don't let us in right now. Okay, roll a persuasion check. And also, can Rodri be sitting on my shoulders? 
Of course. So he can like shoot his gun and stuff. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like a parrot, a little gnome parrot. (laughs) 21. Yeah. Okay. With that, he looks down at you and he goes, Oh God, missing the the big show, the Vindicator's last dance. And now I got to let these, okay. 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 Come on, come on, come in. And he, a couple uh, seconds later, he meets you down at the bottom. The gates begin to open and he comes out and he's like, what are you, what are you all talking about? Who are you? Just come in. Come on. We're in the middle of a show. The biggest show of the Food right. and Wine Festival. All right. Listen, Wonderful. You got to understand something here. The town's in danger. Look, there's a creature. It's coming this way. We saw it up in the mountains. Remember Blood Swine? Yeah, of course. He's coming down here. There's another one. He's going to get you we're all. Gonna, well, you got to hide. Barricade yourselves somewhere. We're going to close the gates. That's what we're going to do. And he goes and he barricades yeah. the gates and boom, 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 locks everything up. All right, no, but listen. He can, okay, he can I fly. Lie. Like yeah. it's a flying blood swine with tentacle eyes and a giant monstrous beak. So it's not blood swine at all. It's worse. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go back to my post. You all uh, try to lay off the drink while you're in Goatsgate. Have a good night. Listen. Do I look like I've been drinking to you? <laughs> and you just stare him deep in the eyes, and he's like, uh, "My hand, steady as a rock." Uh, well, uh, look. I don't have time for this, all right? Go about your business. I'm going to try and watch the rest of this show. I'm already watching it from the... Don't you understand? Get the people inside. They need to be safe. Everybody's outside right now. Everybody's outside at the production right now. Where's the production? Where is it It's there, through the fields, down those two roads right there. The whole town's practically there. Is there, like, alarm bell? Uh, yeah. yeah, there is an alarm bell at the top of his post. Great. You can, you I'm going to cast Mage Hand and ring it. Awesome. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. And then can. a singular and run over to where the... And I'm already running towards... I'm following Chevin. Cool. You guys race uh, in the direction that he pointed. And it's not... It's not... You couldn't miss it if you wanted to. There is a huge stage setup in one of these fields and there are lights just like beaming out from this stage. This, as you all would probably remember, although it might feel like a lifetime ago now, the culmination of the Udalali Food and Wine Festival was the Soliloquine's production of The Vindicator's Last Dance. And this is that right. very production. And you all head through the fields as fast as you can. You hear the sounds of people partying off in the distance, drinking and revelry and some music being played, some people who are not at the production. But most of the noise seems to be coming magnified at a, to a booming volume from this one stage. Uh, the smell of wheat and barley and uh, livestock kind of fill your nose. Um, they kind of float through the air. And you all arrive at this stage you see there is a indeed a huge audience here probably a majority of the town of Goatsgate is here and indeed there are a number of actors up on this big stage performing and they seem to be dressed as these kind of fantastical heroic characters and the stage is set to resemble what looks like Goatsgate Apparently during a harvest festival, it's like you see the little the wicker oh, orc that they burn. Yeah, it's very meta. There's the the big kind of maypolish looking thing up there. You see on the step there are like painted fields of corn and, and tomatoes and stuff like that. And you all see this grand stage set up, and they're in the, the actors are in the middle of performing. Everybody nearby, the smell of apple cider kind of hits your nose because everybody's drinking apple cider on these big picnic blankets. There's food everywhere. And uh, you can see even a giant pile of cinders where the wicker orc was burned earlier tonight, presumably. The smell of fire is still thick in the air. And as you approach, you all see a figure about 40 feet or so ahead of you. It is a humanoid figure wearing a cloak, and it drops the cloak, and you see that it is Orion the Hierophant, who kind of smiles at you, and then turns around and starts walking down the main aisle of the theatrical production. And as he starts walking down with with his back to you, he calls out in a booming voice himself, Ah, look at these innocent, stupid, peasant people celebrating their insignificant victories with their little juvenile pantomimes. How quaint... How adorable this is. 
<sighs> and he starts marching down the aisle, and people start like looking at him askant. And the some of the actors you can tell like can kind of hear him, but they're like trying to keep in it. But they're like casting him sidelong glances as he gets closer and closer. And he's just walking with his hands up in the air, whiskers. Also, at this point, I feel like uh, we're just like rushing through people. We're probably stepping on picnic blankets and just we're yeah. getting there as fast as we can. Yeah, yeah, you're, so you're cutting through the crowd. Absolutely. So, so there's even more. We, we knock over a big cake at some. Yes, point. there is a yeah. huge <laughs> cake, and you just whoa, 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 step whoa, right in. Yeah. They're like walking a glass window or something, and then yeah. the whiskers smashes. <laughs> yeah, they're so in the good. middle of a production. There's like somebody moving a big a plate set, of glass window. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Piece. When you come from like backstage, so you see this happening as this guy approaches uh, the stage. Orion the Hierophant. And he looks around. And he goes, "Honestly, I would pity all of you if I thought that your lives were worth anything at all." And as he like kind of yells that out the actors on stage just stop performing and this one actress who you all recognize you saw her very briefly right when you arrived at goat's gate this is the human lady bacardi bevma she is dressed right now in oh, in right. skimpy battle armor wielding a giant prop battle axe she has kind of olive toned skin a wild mane of red hair and a mischievous smile but she at this point kind of breaks the action on stage and steps forward she's like um, excuse me there. Um, would you mind please shutting the hell up? We're in the middle of something up here. So in case you haven't noticed, <sighs> you need to shut your fucking mouth. And uh, people kind of let out a little titter for a moment. And then Orion uh, just kind of... <sighs> so, so small and insignificant. And he starts twisting his hands with this wand in his hand, this twisted wand, and a sphere of water <laughs> begins to form in existence, this brackish dark water, and it encapsulates Bacardi, Bevma, and three other actors on stage who are then <laughs> sucked into it, and they cry out in alarm, and people in the audience gasp and cry out in alarm as well, and Orion uh, steps up onto the stage with his hands up, and people start like, exactly, David, yes, that was exactly the, the fucking generic sound effect I was thinking of. Orion steps up onto the stage and turns and, and looks at all of you as you are still, like, moving your way through the audience. You're, you're like, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me. Oh. I, I mean, I, w I would like, I know all this is going to be really cool, mm -hmm. but at some point in here, I feel like I would have drawn a crossbow and shot him. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So I would yeah. like to do that at the earliest possible convenience. For sure. Um, are, would you want to wait before you got into, like, out of disadvantage range? Or would you fire even with disadvantage? I would like, if I could, I would hide and fire from even with disadvantage range because that's pretty sweet for me. Right. So to hide as you maneuver through this crowd of people is going to be tricky. How would you, how would you do that? I mean, it's a crowd of people, so I guess I would just, like duck behind them and and I could change my appearance to look like anyone. They are all sitting on the ground as they watch the this show. Ground? Yeah, yeah, they're not, they're not they're not standing. It's it's like a picnic I would situation. Argue, though, picnic that, as we're running through watching. people are getting up because we're pushing through people. And... That's okay. Then I don't need the, I don't need to be hidden. I'm just going to shoot. I only need to be 80 feet to not have disadvantage, but I'll shoot anyway. Oh yeah. Because I also get advantage if if my opponent hasn't taken a turn in combat yet. That's true. So yeah, go ahead. Um and you can shoot because you have disadvantage and advantage. Just shoot one straight up, baby. I'm imagining like when he starts casting, I'm going to try to do this. Okay, that, cool, 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 cool. Sense? His casting will happen first, but for flavor, yeah, yeah, you get it. Does a 21 hit? <laughs> yeah, 21 hits. Tight. Roll for damage. I don't get sneak attack, do I? Because I don't have actual advantage. That is so correct. So I get six damage. Concentration check. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> I will roll a concentration check for him, Absolutely. He makes his concentration. Bacardi Bevma and these actors are encapsulated in water, and as he takes, like, as he's stepping up to take the stage, a crossbow bolt toom, sticks into his back, and he just reaches, you just see him with his back to you, he just reaches up and pulls it out, and brackish salt water pours out of the wound. Yeah. And he just steps up onto the stage, turns around, and throws the crossbow bolt to the ground, and people on their, are on their, like, you know, they're, like, crab like pushing themselves with their hand backwards like a crab a little bit and he looks out to all of you uh, as he sees you kind of maneuvering your way through and he, he gestures to all of you and he goes I'm afraid I don't have time to deal with 
all of you right now. I have so much work to do for my master. And besides, there's somebody else who I think would like to deal with you instead. And then he kind of looks up at the sky. If you're looking for the ones responsible for ending your cycle, they're right here, 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 here. And it kind of echoes out into the heavens. At which point there is a rumble in the sky over Goat's Gate and a streak of sunlight that falls from the clouds above to the ground at the far end. And there is a massive explosion and a little bit of a golden sonic boom that kind of emanates through everybody as everybody's hair is pushed back. And as the light kind of dims, there is a seven-foot-tall sinewy farmer man skin bronzed and glowing, a wide-brimmed straw sun hat, a blonde beard, a scythe in one hand, and a piece of straw dangling out of his mouth. As the god of agriculture and cycles and reincarnation, up until recently anyway, lands between the fields in the audience and begins to walk down the aisle, down the main central aisle, from the south to the north where the stage is. And he holds his hand out and he's, he's looking at all of you as he steps forward. And everybody around him, all the all the people of Goat's Gate, are completely gobsmacked. Their jaws are hitting the floor. They're both groveling and bowing before him because this is a this god. Is like yes, god. this is their god. This is their, this is their god. This is yes. the god of this moment, right? Like, I know it's, it's the harvest vessel, absolutely, like, yes. It's the harvest. Whiskers seeing uh, Colt Duell, he narrows his eyes, he's like, fucking Colt Duell. <laughs> And he begins to step down the aisle with his his hand on his scythe, just kind of stepping forward, a, a kind of furrowed brow look on his face. And he looks at all of you, and his eyebrows raise. And he goes in a kind of booming, godly voice. Well, don't this just beat all? You four. You aided the fates in their scheme and put an end to my endless cycle? Aren't we all aiding the fates in their scheme all the time? That's a pretty deep philosophical question. I, that's usually something I would ask. It's kind of how it seemed. I don't really feel like the choice was ours. Interesting. I gotta say, I am flummoxed. I, you know, I offer your kind the, the finest blessings of the soil and the changing of the seasons, the promise of salvation from an eternal afterlife in my sister's underworld. And what, it's, it's not good enough? <laughs> what, what have I done to deserve such scorn. It, it's not because of what happened before with us, is it? Any gestures to you, Whiskers? Because honestly, I, I didn't even understand that. Look, I'll be honest with you. I didn't do it on purpose, but it's like not the worst thing in the world, you know? Because you got that face, you know? I kind of just want to hit you in the face, <laughs> man. I'm serious. You know, you're, you're not the first person to tell me that, but you are certainly the first mortal. So I, I'll give you that. You got, uh, you got cojones there. My uh, Look, I'll tell you, I'm sorry for taking away your recycling powers. Or whatever, Reincarnation. And I appreciate all the help you've given us, but we didn't do it on purpose, and we need your help now. A bunch of innocent people, people that pray to you are going right, to get hurt. Right, yeah. You know, a lot of people who pray to me were going to be reincarnated, and they were not going to go to the underworld. Many of the fine folk here in this audience right now. But you all took that away from them. Boy, when Vale told me that I should keep an eye on your little posse, I had no idea this is what she meant. I mean, I had a Leslie feel you all out, but she told me you were decent enough guys, so I let it go. Wrote it off as another one of Vale's strange riddles. But this is, uh, well, frankly, it's inexcusable. I, I don't like being spurned. I don't like having my domain stripped from me. It doesn't feel good. I don't even fully know the damage you all have done. Nothing like this has ever happened before. No one knows the ramifications of your little choice back there, except maybe the fates or veil, but you've seen what getting answers out of them is like. Well, how did you make it all happen in the first place? I mean, there's got to be like some sort of documentation or operations manual of how you all set it up in the first place. So why don't you just go back to the beginning and 
recreate it. I mean, it, it was created once. Why can't you recreate it again? Sorry there, little guy. I'm afraid things just aren't that simple. Then how'd you do it in the first place? It took a lot of work, and it took a long time. Well? Time that these fine mortals won't have. Yeah, but the next ones will have. I mean, come on, six of one half dozen the other. And the, the people in the audience nearby here, Andre, like, <laughs> let out like a, <laughs> they're, like, a, they're absolutely stricken with uh, shock. And, Whiskers would put his hands in the air. He's like, we made a mistake. I'll admit that. But I'm going to do everything in my power to make up for that mistake. And if you're going to kill these innocent people here, then you're in the wrong. We all make mistakes from time to time. You know, you made a real big one back there, and I'm afraid I just can't let it go unpunished. So what are you going to do? Talk <laughs> us to death? Yeah, you're really pissing me off. Well, I'm sorry if I'm boring you, mortal. But needless to say, after what that little stunt you pulled back there, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm more than that. I'm, I'm crushed. Like grain in a millstone. I'm crushed. So if I'm, if I'm talking too much... It's a good analogy. If I'm talking too much, I, I guess I'll just skip right to it. You see... A long, harsh winter is coming for you all. I'm afraid you all brought it on yourselves. And then he kind of turns around and gestures to all the people of Goatsgate. Just know, I didn't want to do this. But hey, you reap what you sow. And as he says that, he lifts up into the air and he changes from this pleasant, glowing, bronzed farmer type a black, tattered robe begins to form around him, and his skin withers off of his face and until he is just barely see his skeletal form as this Grim Reaper-like figure takes form, and he holds this massive scythe into the air, and he, f- he floats up into the air about 30 feet, and with a swing of his scythe, summons a tornado of crops from the field nearby that <laughs> begin flying from the field the air to him. Hey, that's their crops. Where they swirl around him uh, and <laughs> until they they all kind of merge and twist and fuse together until they pour down from him to the ground where they coalesce into a hulking form below him right in front of the stage. And they form, they just, just like squish down and there's this horrible massive vegetation kind of throbs with life and Coltowell disappears in a swirl of tattered black robes. I knew I didn't like him. You're just going to run? mound of, of crops kind of horribly fused together rises up, given life, rises to its full height, a monstrous nine feet tall, taking a vaguely gorilla-like stance. You see full skeletons kind of lodged in its bulk, pulled from the fields, apparently. Four elongated viney tendrils protrude from its back, whipping wildly. It then opens some sort of horrible, rotting mouth and lets out a deep roar and then charges right towards all of you. Gentlemen, it seems it is harvest time. (laughs) I'm going to drop my dryad seed on the ground. Oh, shit. I've been waiting for this for so long. Yes. Nothing happens. (laughs) Uh, That's excellent. Everybody roll initiative. 14. 16. Andre, what did you get? Three. Whiskers, what did you get? Nine. What do you do? All right. Hmm. <laughs> I'll say, Lumand, I need a harvest moon. And I'll um, cast spiritual weapon. This time it's not going to be a sickle. It'll be a disc, the, like a giant orange disc that looks like a moon. And just <laughs> attack it with it. I love it. All right. That's his 14 to hit. Okay. 14 to hit. Uh, who are you aiming for? The big creature. Ah, oh, the big creature. Yes, 14 to hit. Actually does not hit. So what happens is you summon this giant orange disc and it slices at it, but it kind of produces like a chainsaw against metal kind of effect <laughs> as it slices down the side of this thing. And these kind of this horrible rotting smell emanates from it. And everybody oh. in the audience kind of covers their faces and, and falls down to the ground with the stench. All right, then I'm going to, that was my bonus action. I'm going to blast it with a sacred flame. So it, take, it makes nice. a deck save. Yeah, baby. 
at DC 15. Okay, deck save so DC 15. I tap my scepter on the ground and a little blast of light comes out of the disc. Oh, that's amazing. You got a 14. It fails. All right. So it takes nice. it takes nine radiant damage then. All right. You sear this thing with radiant moonlit energy. Its roar intensifies. And then I'll back up. <laughs> All right. You're going to back like up through 60. the audience? Yeah, like back up to like 60 feet. <laughs> okay, the audience does count as difficult terrain. Oh, okay, so I'll back up 45 feet away from it. Cool. Awesome. Bacardi Bevma is going to try and break free. Oh, she does. Bacardi Bevma. <laughs> um, nice. Awesome. Like just like starts moving like a fish and just <laughs> and does a little backflip even because she rolled a nat 20. She <laughs> lands and water just kind of dripping off of her. She just goes, oh, I'm man. This water fucking reeks. And then she starts like wiping it off of her and makes a few people in the audience laugh. But then she looks up and she, she looks at that shambling mound of crops that is running at you. And she says, Hey, overgrown produce. If you want to tangle with somebody, why don't you come tangle with me? Come on, bring it on. No, Bacardi, you don't want this. No, no, no. It's okay. Look, (laughs) look what I'm wearing. Look at this. Beautiful, sexy armor. I fucking got this guy. And she lifts up this giant prop. She just lifts up this giant prop battle axe and like swings (laughs) it over her head. Uh, And she draws a few hoots and hollers from the audience. Does that mean she's going to be flanking with us? (laughs) Uh, She's on the stage and she's 20 feet away from it. So not yet, (laughs) but maybe. Crobin, it's your turn. I am going to run towards this creature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm going to slash it. I keep looking for my dice. There aren't any dice. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to slash at it with my first dagger of long shadows. Awesome. Roll the Um, hit. And since it hasn't gone in combat, I'm going to roll twice. Hell yeah. I got a dirt twent. The old dirt twent. That definitely hits. Oh, it sure does. All right. Then I'm going to get some sneak attack dice. Does anybody want to roll 2d6 and a d4 and tell me what you got? I'll do it. Like rolling dice. Makes sense. Hey, hey, not bad. Uh, 13. 13 plus 5 is going to be 18 damage. Oh, nice. So you just run up to it and slash it with your dagger? Yeah, and then I'm going to slash it with my other dagger, my silver sigh, with my offhand. What? Oh, yeah. How close did I get with my first movement? So you were 30 feet away from the stage, and it was... Difficult terrain. Uh, yeah, it I'm was... mobile, so I don't, right. You are I'm mobile. Not affected by. Oh, terrain. are you? That's cool. Uh, then yeah, yeah, you make it up. You make it up within melee range. Okay, so I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna use my bonus action to hit it with my offhand. Do it. And it's not gonna hit. And okay. I am going to basically run past it. It does not get an opportunity attack. And I'm going to, if I can, hop up. Ooh, ooh slide under the stage. Huh? Absolutely. There is, there's a little flap and you slide under the stage. You see that this thing reels in pain, but you also see that when Bacardi Bevma like yelled out to taunt it, it seems focused entirely on Bacardi. Well, not Chevin's problem. <laughs> Indeed. Whiskers, you are next. I will turn to Rondry on my shoulders and I'll be like, Rondry, do you have a clear shot of the Hierophant from here? Uh, and then Rondry's going to turn to, like, an invisible person, and he's going to go, Dungeon Master, do I have a clear shot to this monster? <laughs> <laughs> the Dungeon Master from on high says to you, uh, yeah, everybody's everybody's down on the ground. So and from up I'm on Whisker's away. shoulder, no, people are freaking out and trying to scramble away, but okay. they're not getting higher to do that. And you're up on Whisker's shoulder, so you definitely have a clear shot. Well, not uh, Yes, everyone's dead on the ground, so I definitely have a clear shot. Right, so I put him down on the ground then, and I... Well, I, is there something I can put him on if it's if he only has a view, if he's up top on my shoulders? There's Basically, nothing, I, mean, I want to put him off. I, look, someone needs to go after the Hierophant, so that's on you, buddy. So I put you down, um, and then I'm going to run after the crop monster, and I'm going to attack the crop monster. I do not hit, for sure. Where's the Hierophant? He's on stage. The Hierophant is on the stage, standing I'm in front of... And I'll actually yeah. even yell out loud to Krobin. I'm like, Krobin, the Hierophant! You feel like Crobin heard you. 
<laughs> I don't even know where you are. I didn't see where you are. Yeah, you just yell it to the heavens and hope we heard Ga- you. The reason I'm singling Krovin is because I see Galvin attacking the Harvest Monster, so I'm assuming it's Galvin and I, the Harvest Monster, and the other two versus the Hierophant. I missed, though, completely. Yeah, you rush Whiskers forward, <laughs> swing your sword, but it actually uh, is done like an about face and has kind of shifted itself, pulled its front half in, and now its front half is sticking out the back where it used to be. And now it seems to be tent on running this towards the stage. Fuck you, Coltwell. <laughs> Excellent. Anything else, Whiskers? Nope. All right. Orion the Hierophant looks out at all of you, reveling and soaking up this chaos he's created. <laughs> the insurgence has only just begun. Prepare for your world to be drowned in darkness. The tide is rising. The swell is already here. Lord Siphon will have you all. At which point he waves his hands in the air and magic begins to form between them. And he dissolves into water. Black, brackish water. His whole form melts away and begins to move back across the stage, disappearing out of sight from those of you who are in front of the stage. Rondri, your turn. Uh, I'm gonna fly which, Oh, sorry, I should say also, the water bubble at that point pops and drops, and all the, the three actors on the stage fall to the ground, and water just pours out. So he disappears into the water that has uh, poured out over the stage. I'm going to fly 25 feet straight up, just like shoot up. And then as I'm flying up, I'm going to thundermonger the Shambling Man. 13? You, I'm sorry, 23. First of all, as you fly up into the air... Air Jordan. Air Jordan, you could be called. You notice that your movement speed... You start to attune to these boots. You feel a tingling, and you get the sense that you know a bit more about what these boots can do. Uh, at least a little bit more. You're, and you can kind of like test the boundaries of those kind of as you go. But right now, you feel like your fly speed is 40 and you can dash as a bonus action while flying with these. But these you have to use broken. it to fly. That's amazing. Yeah. And while you're standing on the ground, you have advantage on checks made to resist falling prone. Oh, oh cool, man. They're very cool. 23 to hit. 23 does indeed hit. <laughs> There's a loud thunder cannon explosion. Roll for damage. Eight piercing and three thunder. Excellent. Yeah, you blast a big hole. Rotting crops go flying out. Yeah. Anything else? Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, how oh, far is everybody? I was wondering from me? which way that was going to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was on the edge of my seat. What did you how say? far is everybody away from me? Uh, you're in the middle of the audience. Crobin has disappeared under the stage. Whiskers is about 20 feet from you. No, Whiskers is 30 feet from you. Excuse me. And Galavin. Galavin, how close did you move? You moved I back. Moved Galavin moved back. Feet so back. Galavin's 15 feet behind you. Actually, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull out one of my little boxes and I'm going to throw it at uh, uh, Bacardi. Uh, Bacardi? Or Bacardi? Mm-hmm. Bacardi. The box is going to unravel and turn into this white rose armor that surrounds cool. me. Cool. It's just going to get Shield of Faith. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. You, that happens and this armor forms around her and she's like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, good looking out. And she points to you with her big old battle axe. Yes, I am very smart. I would say help your friends, though. Trust me. And she gives you a big wink. Uh, yes. My friends. And I wink back at her. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and she just, like, looks like she kind of doesn't know what to say, but decides to think better of it. This as is this, a match made in heaven. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this is perfect. As, as this Opposites. giant... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this giant fucking crop monster jumps up on stage and... <laughs> charges towards Bacardi. The other actors uh, scramble out to get out of the way and Bacardi like is like bring it on as this thing rushes towards her. Do I get an opportunity attack? Yes you do Whiskers. Nice. Yes you do. 15? 15 hits. Roll for damage baby. Nine. Damage. <laughs> Nine. Nine. All right, moving on. Uh, yes you It was a joke about Germany and it was a we all 
No, it's Germans. Whiskers, you swing out with the gavel and cleave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you cleave a wide arc through this thing, severing a gourd, which then sprays this horrible purple fuzz everywhere. It is a horrible, horrible sensation. This thing moves away from you, and you see these tendrils that are kind of whipping around the back of this thing. They extend out about 10 feet, um, and they kind of trail behind it. It is uh, actually going to use, after Rondri's turn, it is going to use one of its legendary actions to try and whip you with one of these tendrils, Whiskers. Whip it good. It's going to whip it good, but a 15 does not hit. Please. So a tendril kind tries to hit you, but it does not succeed. It then runs away from you. You lash out with the gavel. Uh, it jumps up onto the stage and then it... <laughs> oh no. It runs up and Bacardi Bevmo is like, bring it on! And this thing just completely slams itself down onto her, swallowing her inside of it. And Bacardi Bevma disappears inside this thing. There's like, you see some like, like, like undulating kind of digesting happening. And then the prop battle axe comes flying out into the crowd. What? As this thing has swallowed Bacardi Bevma. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And then it turns towards all of you and it roars. A horrible, horrible roar. And then it turns outwards towards all of you and the audience. And you all see one of these old, like ancient skeletons that's kind of just sticking out of the side of this thing. You see it start to sink down into its form. And you hear a horrible crunching sound as the skeleton is absorbed and dissolved into its form. And it is going to regain... Six hit points. And then it looks out towards all of you. What's a hit point? Opens a horrible vegetative maw and lets out a... And that's where we'll call it for today, babies. No! Yes! Fucking Coke. Never call it. We have to call it. We Jimmy have to, had to call, call it. it so that he could go back and regroup and figure out totally. how to possibly make He's scared. Battle uh, He's so hard in guys. here. I am. Can you guys tell? Can you guys tell I'm sweating everywhere? I'm sweating you bullets. Can. You're looking like Hierophant over here. The way you're, how wet you are. Am I right, guys? Dang. He's right. Nice and wet. Hierophant. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. <laughs> we love you guys very much. You're the best. Thank you for sticking with us through all this craziness. We want to thank all of you, and we want to ask you, please, to help us out by subscribing, by rating, by reviewing our podcast. We want to reach more people, so that's the way to do it. Tell a friend about us. Tell two friends about us. Tell a two-friend challenge. Why not? And blow us up on Instagram and Twitter and all that jam. And if you do, we might name a character in the world after you. And if you write us a review, we will definitely give you a shout-out on the pod. So... Those are some great things to look forward to the minute you do those awesome things. If you feel so inclined because you're awesome, uh, you want to throw some money our way, we have a tip jar. ko-fi.com slash mqbd, ko-fi.com, that is. You can throw any amount of money our way, and any amount helps. Seriously, even a dollar. If you got a dollar, you want to talk it our way because you loved this episode, $600. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, $600 worth, and I think some of you did, so I expect to see $600 a couple of times in our tip jar. Uh, no, but seriously, if you can throw anything our way, it means the world to us. We are an independent podcast, so it's all on our own dime. So please help us out. It's also, you can find the link in the description for this episode or on any of our social media pages. Yeah. Uh, also, guys, uh, you've probably been listening, you've probably been listening to music at the end of all of our episodes, but just in case you haven't, on the off chance that you haven't, send us your music and we'll play your music at the end of our episodes because we can't sing our song over Zoom and we're still recording over Zoom. So get ready to listen to some dope music at the end of this episode. I'm positive. I'm sure of it. We'll have some. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Guys, we got a shout out for today. This shout out is extra special because it comes from possibly the farthest that I think I've read a shout out for. 
which is kind of cool. The moon, Mars. Yeah, oh, it's Daniela. it's from the Mars yeah. rover. I know, I know about far places. You do. It's from Matt Damon in The Martian. He built himself a, a phone so he could hop on Instagram and pose nice, as. Yeah, yeah. He decided to to send us a message as. I'm gonna butcher this name probably, but I'm also gonna try my hardest not to butcher it. So Ingi Valor Haraldson from Iceland. Mm. North oh, Iceland. Oh yes. Thank Icelandic. you for reaching out to us, uh, me specifically on Instagram, and asking when new episodes are gonna be coming back. You're the coolest. Guys, Ingi actually is the coolest. He has a farm. He takes care of sea ducks, which apparently exist. I had no idea there was such a thing as sea ducks. I've only ever seen a freshwater duck. Dude, there are sea ducks, and Ingi Baller Haraldson takes care of them. I've seen ducks in the Long Island Sound, actually. Yeah, well, they've probably been taken care of. Uh, You probably have Ingi to thank for that. Ingi or Ingi. Muchas gracias. Yes, uh, you're the best. You're the coolest. Thank you for listening. They speak Spanish in Iceland. I bet they. Uh, chances are they speak it better than I do. Probably. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Ingi. Thank you very much, Eric DeLong, for writing the music. Thank you yeah. very much, Sarah Paul, for editing these episodes. Ooh. Guys, SP. If, yes, SP. Yeah. If you want to talk to us or ask us questions, do it at Magic Quest Boys on Twitter and Instagram. Use our hashtag MQBD. We want to talk to you about what's going on on this show. Thank you all very much for listening. Tune in next week to find the exciting conclusion of this battle to find out what the heck happens. No, it will be. Um, (laughs) Tune in next week to find out what happens. Bye-bye! And as a geographical correction, uh, Iceland is not the farthest. We have Ireland and Germany. Oh, you're speaking Wait, from Iceland and Australia. Iceland. We have fucking New Zealand, guys. But Iceland sure. isn't isn't Iceland farther than Germany? I mean, it depends on no, which way. If you're New going Zealand. if you're going west, Ooh. then yes, it's farther. Well, oh that's yeah, that's true. I always think of it. Wow, I'm still thinking of it from the east coast because of Maryland. I wasn't even well, thinking about LA. You're right. Closer. It's still closer. Yeah, it's closer to East. Maryland than it is LA. It's closer. It's closer to <laughs> Iceland. It's also closer to Germany. Uh, I guess yeah. I don't know. Iceland is before the UK. It's in the middle of the ocean. To the west right. of the UK. Right. Yeah, that's, and yeah, that's true. And Ireland farther than that, and then Germany's farther than that. That's true. I guess New they Zealand are further east. farther than all of those. New Zealand, guys, are you listening? Yeah, yeah. we heard you, Blorava. Is, well, is no, it New, New Zealand is. further than Germany? I mean, we've depending find, on where you're gotta, at. We've <laughs> we're we're talking LA. Antidote. We're talking LA. Depending, not depending on where you're at. New Zealand is way farther than all of these places. Really? Way farther. It really? It, it takes yeah. a full day to fly there. 24 it, fucking it hours, wow. dude. It takes wild. a full day to... But it would yeah, still depend yeah, on where like, you're at. If you're in Australia, we're talking LA. No, no, we're talking LA. Okay. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. But if we're talking LA, how long would it take to fly to Germany? Not 24 hours? Like LA to New hours? Zealand take like nonstop hours. is 13 hours. Yeah. LA to like Germany. Yeah, I think it's farther. I think Germany's farther. No way. Because Israel is like 18 hour flight. Too. Yeah. Oh, nonstop 11 hours. Ah. Uh, Dang. Well, Dang. There you go. <laughs> I guess planes have gotten faster since the Ramones. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> oh, you can stop the recording, Jimmy. Yeah, I know, but I just really wanted to get all of that. Well, we got it, baby. (laughs) Do you like bad movies? Well, tarry no further, my friends. Starring Emma Roberts is a new podcast where seven friends write seven different parts of a script to write one movie. The twist is that the writer can only see the section before theirs. This makes for an unforgettable movie experience. Our three-part Christmas special is out December 14th, wherever you listen to podcasts, with more scripts to come in the next couple months. Follow us at Starring Emma Roberts on Instagram and Starring Emma Rob on Twitter for updates and more side splitters.